It's episode 29 of the Mosin at Large podcast. Hi, it's Jonathan Mosin back with you. And on today's episode, more perspectives from around the world about how we're coping in the COVID-19 situation with many of us locked down. Hearing aids play a big part in the show and there's some other technology in the mix as well. Mosin at Large podcast. To be in touch, you can drop me an email, jonathan at mushroomfm.com. That's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N at mushroomfm.com. You can also call the listener line on 864-60-MOSIN. That's 864-606-6736. And just a reminder that when you do send in your audio files, do make sure you email them and don't send them through as an iMessage because it's much more difficult to extract from an iMessage than it is if you send an audio attachment via email. I hope that you have had a good week. It has been an extraordinary week for us in New Zealand. If you've been listening to the special live Mushroom FM shows that I've been doing across the week, you will know how things have gone down here in New Zealand. And that has been a really special phenomenon, to be honest. Lots of people tuning in from all around the world and just listening for a bit of companionship, otherwise chiming in throughout the week live, letting us know how things are for them. And I think we've all been quite frank, quite honest with one another, and doing our best to lift each other's spirits when that has been warranted, because it is an unusual time, and some people are finding it easier than others. It's particularly difficult for people living on their own, And, of course, there are issues relating to access to services if you are under lockdown. And it's really just very difficult for a blind person to get out and go to the supermarket and not breach any of the guidelines that have been talked about. For example, it's really difficult not to touch surfaces, handrails, that sort of stuff. And we know now how long the virus can live on surfaces, much longer than had originally been anticipated. And obviously you can't, if you want to maintain physical distancing, keep hold of someone's elbow unless they are a person that you are self-isolating with. And yet they recommend that only one person from a household be designated to be the supermarket shopper. So there are some challenges. And so then you think, well, the best thing to do, obviously, since you're listening to this, you have access to online things. So the best thing to do is to order online. And that is proving difficult as well, because the online shopping slots are very, very full. And we've experienced all of that across the week. We are very fortunate in that the online shopping service here, the main one anyway, there are, there are several, but Countdown Supermarket in New Zealand is the big online shopping site. And they have now introduced special slots for priority customers. And you have to be able to demonstrate that because you're older or you have a compromised immune system or you have a disability, it really would be hard for you to get into the supermarket while maintaining the guidelines. And even those slots are still pretty full, but we did finally manage to get a slot for the 2nd of April where we have some more food coming. So that is very good. But when I was with you on this show last week, we had gone into level two of a four-level alert system that our prime minister had put together. And what that meant was that I had instructed our organization to close its physical buildings and to work from home. We'd been doing a lot of prep work on this, and the team's been amazing over the last week, continuing to do all we can from home. Then on Monday, the big shock came 
when the Prime Minister announced that we were going to level three immediately. And that would mean that uh, a lot of non-essential businesses would have to close. You know, it was time to wrap up the restaurants and the bars. And then level four would start at 11.59 p.m. on Wednesday night for at least four weeks. Level four is a complete lockdown of New Zealand. And that means that only essential services are running, such as supermarkets and service stations. All delivery services of uh, food, hot food, are banned. So that means that Uber Eats no longer works in New Zealand. You can't dial up a pizza. You can't uh, you can't do any of that thing because the idea is you get as few people out of their houses as practicable. And they've had pictures in the paper here of motorways, what they call freeways in the States, just pretty much empty because everybody is staying at home. I mean, there's nothing to go out for except the supermarket. All the businesses are closed except if they're absolutely essential. And the government, to its credit, has taken a very strict line on this. And a lot of people tried to bend the rules and things. And Domino's, actually, good old Domino's, eh? They were trying to stay open and say, oh, they'll they'll deliver one free pizza a week to, <laughs> to anyone over 70. And the government said, no, you don't. Anything involving the preparation of hot food, uh, you're not delivering that. There's no takeaway, nothing like that, because they just want the streets empty. And if we get this right, we're going to be in one of the best positions in the world. You know, you look at countries like Japan, and of course, China's really on top of it now, South Korea. They've taken similar measures. No ambiguity, strike quickly. We did this the moment that there was clear evidence that community transmission had taken place. So initially, the cases that we got were from people coming into the country who'd picked it up from somewhere else. But we pushed the button the moment that it was clear that the virus was starting to spread in the community. And I have to say, our prime minister and leader of the opposition, the major political party, have both now been extremely good. I have to say, I think our leader of the opposition got off to a bit of a rocky start, but it was really amazing and uplifting listening to Parliament, which was convened for a special session for the last time before the lockdown. And everybody in the whole parliament saying, right now there's no political parties. There's just New Zealanders. We're all going to work together. Even though parliament won't be sitting, there's a special select committee that has been formed where the opposition has oversight. You know, has a, It's a majority opposition select committee, and they will be analysing what the government is doing and, and keeping them honest and meeting virtually via Zoom as it happens. So I'm very proud of the way that we are tackling it. Most people are knuckling down and realizing that this is an investment. This is an investment in the health of our country. And that if we all just stay off the streets for at least four weeks, we can beat it and be in a really, really good position to try and get back. There are huge subsidies all over the place for wages, a six-month mortgage holiday for those who need it. It's been a pretty well-coordinated response. There have been a few problems. It's not perfect. Uh, In particular, we've had issues with some disabled people who need caregivers for needs like dressing in the morning, that sort of thing. And they have not apparently all had the um, personal protective equipment, the PPE that they need 
in a speedy enough manner. So it's not perfect, but we're doing all right. And uh, it's um, what are we in now? I've, I've, day four. Yes, day four of the great month in, as many people are calling it, the big lockdown here in New Zealand. And uh, so Bonnie has been out. I have not, actually. Uh, but Bonnie's been out to walk the dog around the block and uh, try and get some exercise in for Eclipse. And I've been trying to use the rowing machine and various things. So how has it been for you? I know that uh, the UK has uh, had a really big increase in the number of cases, and we have a number of listeners in the UK. In Australia, there seems to be quite a uh, confusing response, and some Australians are getting quite concerned about that. And, well, we all know what's happening in the United States. Uh, just, I just don't know what to say about that, so I don't think I'll say anything for the moment. But uh, it's great that we can get together. I really have appreciated the get-togethers, or is the plural of get-together gets-together? I'm never sure. I really appreciate the gets-together we've had during the week, and they are continuing twice a day during the week, Mondays at 2 a.m. and 2 p.m. Eastern time. Starting this week, that will be Monday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. UK time, and that equates to 5 p.m. and 5 a.m. Eastern Australian time, and we've had people from all around the world tuning in, and it's just nice to catch up and check in on one another because I think... Over the years that we've been doing this, we've sort of formed a little community. And at a time like this, it's nice that we can keep up with one another. But certainly in terms of the supermarket shopping in particular and some of those things, I think there are some unique blindness perspectives on this that we have to make sure we explore and that we're taking seriously. I've always been intrigued by emergency alert systems. When I lived in the United States, I got the fright of my life. When a weather radio went off, I didn't even know about weather radios in the United States. And suddenly this thing went off. But I've also been interested to hear over the years recordings of the emergency alert system erroneously triggered. And probably the most famous one was the thing in Hawaii just two or three years ago when there was some warning that went out that North Korean missiles were heading towards Hawaii. Do you remember that? That was pretty scary stuff. And there are a few of these on YouTube. And... We, despite all the natural disasters that we have in New Zealand, earthquakes, volcanoes, that sort of thing, we've never really had an emergency alert radio system. And then a few years ago, they decided we'd use the smartphone technology and they hired a European company to build this emergency alert system. And they were working away on what they thought was an internal dummy thing in the middle of their day, which is, of course, the middle of our night. And everybody who was on Vodafone got woken up. And we didn't even know that it was being worked on or anything like that. So it gave everybody who was on Vodafone the fright of their lives to be woken up in the middle of the night. And Bonnie thought that, you know, Armageddon was coming. And, oh, man, Armageddon nervous. It was extraordinary. And then we've had national tests of the emergency alert system. And we had a very big fire in Auckland last year, where it was actually used for real. But we had our very first national alert just before the lockdown went into effect. And on that night's edition of the Smorgasbord, I was able to show it on my Apple Watch because, to my great surprise, it came up on my Apple Watch and I was able to show listeners the text. And you can also hear the sound because I got it twice. I was a bit mystified about why 
I got it twice at the time. And then I realized that the reason why I got it twice is that I have two SIMs in my phone. I have the eSIM, which is my primary carrier, and then I have another physical SIM with a backup carrier just in case. And at times like this, I think that's a very wise decision. So here's a quick snippet from that smorgasbord show where I was demonstrating the message that we got and what that alert sounds like. One of the things that I did notice about the emergency alert system in the past, in days of yore, oh, I'm just thinking about this, sorry. I'll, I'll, as, as they used to say on University Challenge, I've started so I'll finish, <laughs> is that the emergency alerts wouldn't come through on my watch. And I always thought that was kind of a bit ridiculous because if you were deafblind or even just had a hearing impairment, you know, and you didn't hear your phone going off in the night with a time-sensitive emergency alert, but you wore your watch on your wrist for the alarm function to tap you and wake you up in the morning, you would want quite an aggressive vibration, would you not, to tell you that the emergency alert has gone off. Tonight, I got it on my watch, and but I'm wondering whether that's because this is a cellular Apple Watch, and before I didn't have the cellular Apple Watch. I suspect it could be that. But what's interesting is I haven't used the watch since then and that means i can let you hear what the alert says because it appears to be still on the watch so i'll fire it up and you can hear what the government has sent every new zealander who can receive it emergency emergency alert national emergency management agency alert from 11 59 p.m tonight the whole of new zealand moves to covid 19 alert level four this message is for all of new zealand we are depending on you follow the rules and stay home act as if you have covid 19 this will save lives remember Star where you stay tonight is where you must stay from now on. Star you must only be in physical contact with those you are living with. It is likely level 4 measures will stay in place for a number of weeks. Let's all do our bit to unite against COVID-19. Kai Kaha. That means stay strong in Maori. Issued the 25th of March 2026.30pm. Delete. Button. Delete. And button. there's a delete button. There we go. Oh my god. That's the sound. It's, I guess I got it twice. Wow. Right. And is it going to come up again? I, I I did notice it came through to my phone twice, so I guess it came through to the watch twice as well. Emergency. Yep. Emer- na- this we'll just scroll through there. And delete it. So that's the extract from the show. And I know that in the UK, people got a text message because I understand they were working on an emergency alert, but the emergency alert system hasn't been finished. In the US, they've had this for some time. And they call them presidential alerts. That's a bit interesting. Whoa. What would a presidential alert be like if you could actually send audio through the system? It might be something like this. 250 years ago, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, whose full name, you know, he was, he was Jewish, so his full name might have been like Christowitz. But God rose him from the dead on a holiday we now call... Easter. Not a lot of people know that, but it's it's called Easter. It's when Jesus and the two Corinthians met the Easter bunny and came back from the dead. So, you know, it's a beautiful story. Very important for the Christians like me. And I have decided I'm announcing today we are going to bring back the economy on Easter Sunday because God, who, to be honest, is you know, he's a good God. 
He's done some some strong things. Some let's be honest, his record is like not so great though. Uh, he brought one guy back on Easter Sunday, and it was his son, so it was kind of like biased. But we're going to bring back the entire economy on Easter Sunday. And at that point, I think basically I'm better than God. So when we do it, we're going to do it toughly. We're going to do it with great compassion, great strength, tremendous strength, and also toughness. Easter Sunday, we're going to put it on pay-per-view. God versus Trump. Who brings back more people on Easter Sunday? We're doing it. I'm going to fire Fauci probably on Good Friday. And they call it Great Friday for Trump. And that's it. So let's do it. Let's get... <laughs> Perfect health. Let's get back to work. Jesus Christ, not as good as Trump. Mosin at Large Podcast. Andre is listening and he says, Hi, Jonathan. Wish you all the best from Munich, Germany, where my wife and I live now. Thank you very much, Andre. And uh, it does seem like Munich is doing a pretty well, – Germany in general is doing a pretty good job there of uh, containing the virus. It's interesting to see the different approaches. You know, Germany is so close, of course, to some of the former epicenters, and yet they do seem to be doing a good job. And it, it does really make a difference, the decisions that each of us make and the public policy choices that our leaders make. And it does seem like um, Germany is one of those countries that is doing a pretty good job. Jason is in touch and he says, good day, yeah, good day. Jonathan, I was curious if you or any other listeners have had this issue since upgrading to iOS 13.4. Yes, it's out now, isn't it, to everybody? How's that working out for you? Jason says, when reading an email after each line is read, VO says, actions available. This has become quite annoying. Not sure if this is something new or just a setting I need to toggle. BTW, I do have my verbosity set to off. I am hoping this is just a setting I have overlooked. Well, if you have overlooked it, so have I, Jason. I hear it too, and it's frustrating because the email client normally in iOS is my favorite email client. I love the threading feature. It just uh, makes moving through voluminous volumes of email so much easier. But yes, this actions available thing is a bit annoying, and I do expect that it is a bug. So I'm not aware of a workaround. Maybe some genius out there is. Munua is back. How cool is this? And he says, hi, Jonathan. I'm wondering if anyone else is going through this. I'm a senior software engineer, and I work across time zones many times. For this reason, I've worked remotely a lot over the years, most of the time, to temporarily work on India's time, as opposed to Eastern U.S. time. Considering this, one would assume I'm used to working remotely. However, something interesting has happened in this lockdown. I'm finding it hard to work remotely. I find it frustrating and isolating and feel like I'm going mad. And we're only two weeks in. I've talked to some people about it, and they've suggested 
that it's perhaps because the choice has been taken out of my hands. Working remotely is no longer a cool nice-to-have in case I need to use it. It's now a must-do, and that lack of choice and being forced to work remotely is what's getting to me. What do you think? Is anyone else going through this? People who can and do telecommute and loved it in the past and are now hating it. Based on some of the feedback that I've had during the week on the Mushroom FM shows, uh, you are definitely not alone. It's the choice that's been taken away that some people find very difficult. I must say I'm not feeling that way. I'm really glad to be back working from home. But people are reacting to the situation very differently. And as I've been saying right throughout this crisis, we have to accept and support people in whatever emotional state they find themselves right now. But I am mindful of this and that it's affecting people much worse than others. And that's why I rushed out an episode of the Mosin at Large podcast yesterday because I didn't really want to edit a lot of the good material we got, and it seemed like a separate episode-worthy type of thing to do. So if you haven't caught up with the episode of Mosin at Large that was released yesterday, I interviewed Liam McClintock, who is the mastermind behind a relatively new app called FitMind. And FitMind is a meditation app. And what I think these situations really demonstrate is that a lot of how we deal with this relates to the headspace that you're in. And that's not a criticism of of anybody who's in a different headspace at all. It's just, yeah, obviously there are practicalities we have to think about, the necessities of life. But often a lot of the things like how we are feeling about it, we do have some control over uh, if we want. Now, if you are dealing with genuine mental health issues, that's a completely different thing. And I'm not underestimating uh, the impact of this crisis on people with genuine mental health issues and people should reach out and seek counseling assistance in that situation however if you just got a bit of the blues and you're finding it hard to get into the right headspace for this meditation can absolutely make a big difference and I kind of feel like I'm very fortunate in that all the meditation that I've done over the years has sort of given me a reserve in the bank to draw from for this So if you missed that episode, you can pull it down from the podcast feed. And Liam made a very generous offer in that episode. He gives an email address you can write to. And he says that if there are listeners who might benefit or feel they might benefit from the full meditation app, FitMind, which is subscription-based, and they feel that they don't have enough money right now, because things are so uncertain, to pay the subscription to write to the email address that he gives in the episode, and he'll unlock it. So he'll basically give you a free subscription to help you through. So it might be worth a shot. The app is fully accessible, and that is called FitMind, all one word in the App Store. Let's uh, Speaking of podcasts... Hey, Jonathan, it's Tim Cummings, and speaking of podcasting... Yes. I'd like to encourage any of your listeners who are interested in learning how to podcast, to take your course, which I took. I was in the original class of your Unleash Your Inner Podcast. It was excellent. In regards to that, I wanted to ask you, because a couple weeks ago on your podcast, you mentioned 
Squadcast. And I know that in your podcasting course, at the time you were using Zencaster, and there's so many of these alternative recording um, platforms now. There's Zencaster, there's a Squadcast, there's Clean Feed, and just wondering these days, because I assume you've used all of them, what you would recommend as the most accessible and the easiest to use. Tim, good to hear from you. I did used to use Zencaster in the days of the Unleash Your Inner podcast, and thank you for the recommendation. I hope that people might take up podcasting during this time at home, and you can get my course, Unleash Your Inner podcast, from mosin.org. And it was fun putting that together. What I found with Zencaster, though, was that it wasn't as reliable as I needed for two reasons. The first thing it did was sometimes when people dropped into a Zencaster session, it sounded extremely glitchy and garbled and unusable. And I could find no reason for this, why it did it in some people's browsers. It was the same version of Chrome and everything. And why it didn't do it with others, I could only assume that it was something to do with um, compatibility of certain types of hardware. The other thing is that even when you did that, even when that wasn't a problem, you got drift. And this is very difficult to avoid with these sorts of services. It's normally caused by people who have a different sampling rate uh, from one another. So I abandoned Zencaster because it just got too unreliable. Now, these things change. So my perspective of Zencaster is now at a load because I gave up on it and all the time they try and improve these services. So I do make that caveat there that it may have improved a lot since I last used it. What I found was that Squadcast, which is all one word, squadcast.fm, is for me far more reliable. And I've also been in touch with them. We will have them on an episode of Mosin at Large in the not-too-distant future because they are very keen to address any accessibility issues. When I first started to use them, their scheduling facility was not accessible. And I pinged them thinking I probably wouldn't hear. And actually, I started a dialogue with them. They were very interested. And they came back and said, what else is there? And I got on a conference call with them and talked them through a few issues that I felt could be more optimal for accessibility. So when you find a company that is that committed to accessibility, it's worth supporting. So for those who aren't familiar with Squadcast and why you might use it, the best possible audio quality that you can get from a podcast is if everybody records themselves at their own local end. They often call it a double end or a triple end or whatever, depending on how many people there are. And then everybody sends you their uncompressed audio and you put it into a digital audio workstation like Reaper, line it all up, and it all sounds perfect because you're not using any voiceover internet protocol stuff. Well, that's a bit beyond the ability of many guests that you might interview. If you are working with a co-host and it's the same co-host every week, you can get into a groove, you know, you can sort it out and, and, and do that. But if you're asking some important guest to come on, you can't tell them, oh, I want you to download Audacity or, or Goldwave or Soundforge or, you know, insert random thing here and record it and, you know, hook it up to a mic. They're not going to do that. And you're being quite sort of rude and presumptuous expecting them to do that when it's just a regular guest who's not a geek. And that's where 
a service like Squadcast comes in because you go to a website and there's nothing to install with Squadcast, which is also nice. It's just a web page. You send a link for the particular recording session that you are going to use to any of your guests and you basically hit the record button. What it does is it uploads all the local audio from everybody who's on that web page. You've got a voice over internet protocol channel open so that you can hear each other, obviously, but that's not what actually gets recorded. What gets recorded is everybody's local audio. And if you want to hear this in action, have a listen to episode five of WorkBridge's Mahi podcast, M-A-H-I, when I had, I think it was um, three remote guests and me, and I panned them all in stereo, and we used Squadcast for that. And uh, also we used Squadcast for Lee Kumitat's interview here, uh, on um, the Lighthouse's Holman Prize. It's a very good service. Now, another service that has a slightly different use case that you mentioned is CleanFeed. And I also like CleanFeed a lot. And this is the use case for that. If you are streaming live and you want to get the best quality audio possible, Again, some people will use things like TeamTalk, and you can get very good audio from TeamTalk. And if you're a geek, and if you're doing this every week, it's not unreasonable to say, download and install and configure TeamTalk, and then we'll send you our little file with our server information on it, and you can connect and, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's okay if you're doing the same thing week after week. If you're bringing guests in, it's it's too much to expect of people. So CleanFeed has very, very good audio quality. You can do stereo. Radio stations are actually using it at the moment during this COVID-19 crisis because the audio is so good that if you have a good enough microphone, you can't really distinguish uh, local audio from remote audio. They're using Opus. The latency is pretty good. We're using that at Mushroom FM for a few things we're working on as well. So CleanFeed is also very good. And the cool thing about CleanFeed is that for basic use, it's free. So if you use CleanFeed to record your podcasts instead of Zoom, even, you'll get much better audio. And that website is cleanfeed, or one word, dot net. Squadcast is squadcast.fm. Mika Paikala has been in touch. Hello, Mika, in Massachusetts, I think. You get around, but you probably aren't getting around much at the moment, I suspect. So hope you're doing okay. He lets me know that there is a presidential release live coming up from National Federation of the Blind President Mark Riccobono. If you want to join that, and there will be an opportunity for questions after you've heard the presidential release, it's 236-891-8214. That's the Zoom ID, 236-891-8214, Thursday, April the 2nd at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So that's Thursday, April the 2nd, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time if you want to participate in that virtual meeting of the NFB. And it's great also, just in the interest of balance, to see that ACB is also doing a lot of virtual meetings. That's fantastic to try and keep people together. And that may be something that people can look into if you're looking for a bit of company, is the virtual meetings. You can set up your own, of course, or you can join some of these groups that are forming to have these virtual meetings And also, Blind Citizens Australia are having a series of happy hours in the coming week. 
if uh, blind Australians would like to get together and the times vary a little throughout the week to accommodate as many people as possible. So do contact BCA as well if you're in Australia and you would like to avail yourself of those. More coming in from Andre in Munich. He says, we all work remotely now. And it's quite difficult for some people. By the way, there are quite a number of people in the streets. We are allowed to work out and take fresh air, but people do hold proper distance. That is the most important thing. In the UK, I was very moved by the clap for carers thing that they did a couple of nights ago. And then Anil, who's listening from India, told me that Actually, the Indian people did it first a few days earlier. So that's a great idea for those who aren't familiar with this. At 8 p.m. on, I think it was Thursday night, the days get to be a bit of a blur during this lockdown, don't they? They had everybody getting outside and, well, a lot of people getting outside on their balconies wherever, maintaining safe physical distancing. And for a minute, they all clapped for the carers, for the National Health Services and for others. And it was I think it was just a great thing to do. Here's uh, Linda, who's back again. She says, hello, Jonathan and listeners. It's quite a soggy weekend here. Ah, well, soggy seems to be the hardest word. So no walking outdoors for me and the doggy. It's soggy, so nothing for the doggy. Being blind in this time of social distancing certainly poses some unique problems. I recently mentioned that our over-55 apartment complex has decreed that all deliveries must stop at our mailroom. I suggested contactless delivery to management with no success. I'm not thrilled with having to traipse down to the mailroom, feel around for any grocery bags, and then drag it back to the apartment. Restaurants here can still make deliveries, but either I just uh, let them leave the food in the mailroom or I must have an actual encounter with the delivery person, which seems counterintuitive. That's one of the reasons why we've scrapped them here, Linda. On the grocery front, I generally go every other week. I utilize a transportation system where most drivers are elderly volunteers. Amazingly, so far, the service is still available. I texted the supermarket employee who usually assists me to see how he felt about shopping with me. And as of the other day, he was still okay with that. I know I can hold on to the cart, touching as little as possible, but we will not be six feet apart. Part of me wants to go just to maintain a bit of normalcy in my life as well as to replenish necessary items. But there is distancing concern. Everything has become more complicated. I am looking forward to checking out the latest podcast and meditation app. Thanks for being there for us. You're very welcome. Um, That Trump bit was a riot. Isn't it great? Someone sent that to me. I should probably not name them. Uh, But when I heard that, I thought, oh my gosh, that is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And the nuances, just classic stuff. Hi, Jonathan. It's May Thompson here. Hello, May. I hope you're managing to find plenty to do. I'm sure you are um, with the lockdown. We were told to stay in our homes. I think it was Monday Boris Johnson told us all to stay at home. And 
I had a bit of a dilemma because I'm not 70, but Ray is. So this doctor on Radio 2 on Jeremy Vine's programme said that if you're over 70, your immune system isn't as good as it was when you were younger. So she was advising people to stay at home. But obviously, you know, we're not as bad as some people that have had transplants and things like that. You know, they really do need to be shielded. And my dilemma was, should I still get ready to go with me shopping or should I stay in? I've taken the decision to stay in and let everybody else do my shopping. You know, let Susan and one of my church friends do my shopping because I think if you're out as little as possible... You know, because every time you're going to the shop, there is a slight risk that you could get the virus. That's how I look at it. And Boris Johnson did say, go as infrequently as possible. And I take that to mean about once a week. Some people have said, oh, you could go to the shops. I'm not, I'm not keen. I, I would rather just... All we do is go out for a walk and then we come back but the streets are really quiet. There's hardly anybody going about. But anyway, Jonathan, I've got this bugbear. It's really not that important, but, it, you know, in the light of all this, but it's a minor frustration that I have. I listen to LBC quite a lot. I've just recently discovered it, and I quite enjoy it. Some presenters I like better than others. Anyway, I downloaded the app, and I can play live TV okay, but catch-up does not work. You, you double-tap. When it says catch-up, you double-tap and nothing happens. So I phoned them up, got customer support, and I said, this doesn't seem to work with voiceover. And he said, you need to register with us. Well, I was sure I had, but I, but I signed in again. You know, I logged in again just to make sure, because that's what he told me to do. He says, it'll work if you log in. So, but guess what? It did not work. I didn't think it would because I was sure I was already logged in. But Ray happened to be able to do the catch-up. No problem without voiceover. So if there was any programme I wanted to hear again, he's able to find it. But that's not the point. You know, it just does not work. So I phoned customer support and this woman said, oh, well, they were aware of it. Whether they are or not, I don't know. But... It just annoys me. I don't know who I can write to because you get these people on the phones. Um, they were very nice. This guy called Robert, he was very nice. And, uh, you know, he, he... I don't think he even knew what I was talking about, to be quite honest. I tried to explain it. But it's just annoying that I can't use the catch-up feature. And I wonder if anybody else, any of your other listeners, listen to LBC and have a problem with the catch-up. If anyone has any hints on the LBC leading Britain's conversation, for those who aren't familiar with LBC, it's a talk station in the UK. It's, it is quite good, actually. Uh, it, it's quite interesting to hear. And I didn't realise they had their own app because I just typically, every so often, I chicken on uh, tune in. Chicken on tune in. Chicken, chicken on tune in. So I didn't know they had an app. So if anyone in the UK knows about the LBC app and can tell us whether there's a workaround to the catch-up button, then let us know. Petra says, many years ago, a friend suggested I get my own exercise equipment to use at home. It was good advice. 
good advice. I always have projects that I say I'll do on rainy or snowy days. I just think of these days as stormy and try to get some of them done. I'm pretty accustomed to being home alone, though. It's not that new, but I agree the choice makes a difference. Yes, it, it does. And we're fortunate. I've stocked up on gear. So we have the treadmill and we have the rowing machine and the weight machine. And that's good. And then Petra castigates me and she says, good show, but I wish you would leave politics out of it. I do find it interesting. I had this in the Gulf War, of course. And those of you who were listening to me back then, this is the second one. The one in 2003 will remember that I actually set up a radio station, a separate internet radio station then called the Broadcast for Peace, during which we highlighted the egregious breaches of international law that the U.S. were involved in. And the same thing happened then. And of course, the same thing happened to the Dixie Chicks. The U.S., of course, is now the epicenter of the coronavirus. I take no pleasure in saying that at all. What I take is deep concern for many friends, not just on the show, but I also, of course, have family being married to an American and many other friends who don't listen that I've met over time, colleagues who live in the United States. What we have is a completely incompetent leader who thinks that it's okay not to talk to governors of states simply because he disagrees with them or they disagree with him. That is an appalling way to treat millions of people who are potentially at risk. And as far as I'm concerned, people who remain silent about somebody that unfeeling, lacking in empathy, incompetent, rambling, are complicit in what could be the death of many, many more people. There are certain moral issues on which I think we have a duty to speak out because history tells us what happens when we don't. Having Donald Trump in the position he holds right now is a risk to human life. It's as simple as that. And the statistics don't lie. So no, I've never been silent about expressing my opinion. And the choice that you have is to listen or not to listen. And I respect that choice as everybody should respect mine on my own show to say what I like. Hey, Jonathan, it's Bryant. Hi, Bryant. Idaho. I did have, well, one question and sort of a a comment slash question. My question is regarding hearing aids with voiceover on the iPhone. Now, I don't know how much you use your hearing aids with your phone, but I connect my hearing aids to my phone pretty regularly. I have a I have a, a condition called Nori disease. Ping. Me which, too. Um, causes progressive hearing loss over time. And so I've had hearing aids for probably since end of 2012. And the second pair I got, which is the current pair I am on, the second pair I got had the capability to connect to my iPhone. And I love that capability. I've been taking big advantage of it. One one of the things I like is, you know, I have I have privacy of what I'm doing. You know, in movie theaters, they, they always say, please silence your cell phones or whatever. I don't have to do that anymore because no oh, one can hear what I'm doing. You sneaky really person, nice. but Brad. I did notice something with my hearing aids and with iOS 13, and I'm curious if you do use if you do use hearing aids with iOS and with your phone. If you have noticed this, I don't believe it did this in iOS 12, but I could be wrong. It may have done it sometimes, but I was able to remedy it. And 
Now I can't. VoiceOver and other system sounds play through my hearing aids. However, the VoiceOver sounds themselves play through my phone speaker. Now on to my comment. Oh, let me pause you, Brian, so that we can get through that bit first. We did talk about this. You mentioned that you had just recently started to listen to the show, and so you wouldn't have heard this. I was complaining about this most vociferously, not that I hardly ever do, but yes, I use my hearing aids all the time with my phone, all the time. I mean, literally all the time. And uh, like you, I find it incredibly helpful. I was quite surprised when I finally got my Oticon aids last year at the lack of latency. And by and large, I'm really happy. And then when this bug came in somewhere during the iOS, uh, for me, in iOS 13 itself, it was fine. But then something crept in, in a later build of iOS 13 point something. And Randy, I remember it was. Randy came up with the fix. And I'll show it to you now because I know that we have new listeners all the time. And if you are a made-for-iPhone hearing aid user. This is a terrible bug. So, it's fixable. Let's go into Open VoiceOver Settings. Beep. Let's take a look at the settings for VoiceOver. Oh, that's a good idea, because that's what I asked for. Settings. Okay, and so let's go... Braille. Audio. There's the, we want to double tap on Audio. Sounds and haptic. And then we're going to navigate by Heading. Speech Channels. Headphones. Heading. Okay, and there is the Speech Channel setting. Now, if we flick right, selected headphones left. We've got headphones left, selected headphones right. That's for the speech channel, so that's where voiceover is to come from. Now, the critical one is next. Sound channels, headphones. sound channels. Heading selected headphones left, selected headphones right. All you do to fix this bug is to double tap on each of them. Selected headphones, headphones left, selected headphones, selected. So headphones. double tap on each of them, and then headphones make left. sure that both selected, selected. are selected, selected again, and that voiceover. should fix it. Uh -huh. What you should then find is that your sounds come through your hearing aids again see genius and thanks to randy for showing us how to fix it regarding covid19 yes i get emails from my church occasionally um you know updating people on the situation of covid19 and the precautions that my church is taking what i thought was really interesting and i i'm curious what you think about this Instead of the word social distancing, they use, I think, uh, physical distancing. And I, when I saw that today, I thought, I actually like that word better because social distancing to me sounds kind of, it almost sounds rude to me. It's like, I don't want to be around you anymore in any form because you're not technically socially distant from someone if you can connect with them through internet means or other means rather than being physically with them. That's a term that has come, I think, from the World Health Organization now. So they started off with social distancing. And then people pointed out, mate, they said, mate, Mr. Mr. Who, Dr. Who, <laughs> Dr. Who, Dr. World Health Organization, <laughs> Dr. Who. They said, you don't have to keep social distancing in an era of all the social media and connectivity that we have over the internet. What we need to emphasize is the physicality of the distancing. And now the lingo has changed a bit, as you point out, from social distancing to physical distancing. And I think you're right. I think that's a much more appropriate term. And yes, just to stress, I also am rocking the Norries, Bryant. So it's nice to know I'm in such good company. Jonathan Mosin, Mosin at Large Podcast. Hi, Jonathan. It's Brian. I heard during the week you mention that you might be thinking that they're going to do a remix version of Let It Be. 
I'm not sure that we need yet another version, do we? <laughs> but um, why don't they go back and do remixes of the older ones? I mean, Help wasn't a bad mix, and they could have redone that, I would have thought, to make it a bit less bright-sounding. There's Rubber Soul, and of course Revolver, which, as we know, the stereo mix on Revolver is a little bit odd, to say the least, in places. Yeah, yeah. And um, what can I say? It just seems to me that uh, Revolver might actually be the better bet, because it is sort of very restricted in its bandwidth as such. I agree with you. I wonder how far they will go back, and they'll probably just go round the clock, if you know what I mean. I can't see them being in any position to do much with the early albums, like Please Please Me and with the Beatles. They may be able to start doing things from a hard day's night on, but certainly they should start with Rubber Soul, in my view, and certainly Rubber Soul, Revolver, they really need remixing. Revolver is an amazing album. I would love to see that remixed, but I suspect... Like it or not, it's coming. I suspect there's a Let It Be remix coming, but I, I do hope they give that a miss. Jonathan, this is Roy Nash in Little Rock, Arkansas. And Hi, I just Roy. want to take this opportunity to, to express my sincere appreciation to you for all the help that you have given me and others during this difficult crisis. A couple of weeks ago, you told me about Backpack Studio, and I got it, learned to use it. And that encouraged me to go further, so I got a uh, streaming service, and uh, now B-Jack Radio is on the air. Woo. I'm not as professional as you are, and oh, it's a little that wouldn't clumsy, be difficult but to be more professional. I'm enjoying it very much, and I'm getting better, yeah. and I have you to thank for it. It's cool. And then last week, you told me about your book, on how to use Zoom. Now, I have seen Zoom, but I didn't know how to use it. So I downloaded your book. It was free. I gladly would have paid you for it because it's been well worth it. We have been having trouble with our Sunday school class because we couldn't all get together and we couldn't all, uh, we were locked down. We couldn't connect by phone. And so I have set up a network uh, thanks to your book, and I have invited all the members of the class together. We meet on Sunday on our iPads and iPhones, and I have you to thank for it, and I very much appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us. Thank you, Roy. Thank you for a very generous message. I'm glad that worked out, and many clubs, organizations, churches, you name it, are coming to grips with this remote era, aren't they? And it does make me wonder, what will the world be like when this is over? Will we go back to exactly the way we were before, or will there be much more tolerance of working from home, of meeting in this way? For people with certain disabilities, I actually think that there are some real advantages coming through of the current situation. There are meetings, for example, that the Chamber of Commerce have in Wellington. And I would normally, even though my organization is a member of the Chamber of Commerce, I would tend to give them a miss because they're just noisy, you know, about the cocktail party effect and all that kind of stuff. But now they're happening virtually and I'm inclined to attend. I'm attending tomorrow a rotary gathering that is taking place virtually. I was originally slated to speak in person 
And the nerve-wracking bit in those things for me as somebody with a hearing impairment comes when you get to the question bit. I don't mind getting up there and having a bit of a waffle in front of an audience, but then when it comes to the questions and somebody might be at the back of the room, you think, oh, my word, yeah, how, what are the acoustics like? Am I going to be able to hear it? And, of course, with it being virtual, it's, it's great. So there are some advantages, and I just wonder what will be the long-term implications of this experience that we're going through. Hey, Jonathan, it's Mike Fair, and uh, yeah, I, I, you know, Canada's probably somewhere in between what you guys are doing in New Zealand and what, uh, what the U.S. is doing. I think maybe geography and just the sheer size and trying to enforce a total lockdown is part of the reason for the differing approaches. It's too big and open a country, I think, to really do a good job of, of even, even securing the border. Uh, is is problematic. Delivery services are open, but boy, are there precautions. Uh, the delivery people try and uh, really just leave the stuff at the door or meet you very briefly, give you the stuff. You never even touch them in person. You touch the bag, you know, and you pay ahead of time. There's none of this cash business. So they're taking a lot of precautions and uh, I hope we're, we're doing the right thing. And I think really, honestly, and there are places where you really need that ability because it, it can be very hard to get uh, food. So I'm glad the delivery stuff is open. It's been interesting just hearing how the messaging has changed, how things have slowly sort of ramped up and uh, plans have changed. They were hoping at one point to open schools at the end of uh, a couple of weeks after March break. But that is now, I think, pretty much out the window. And uh, it's, yeah, a lot of... Uh, we're we're pretty much yeah in the middle in terms of lockdown between I think the the crappiness that is the states at the moment and uh, where we are here uh, in Canada we are seeing increases in the virus and everything but uh, I think our government is doing a, a pretty good job I'm I'm pretty happy with uh, with what they're doing we're staying put uh, haven't seen my parents in uh, quite a while now and uh, that'll I guess continue uh, for a bit anyway while this uh, continues but. Using those online portals, keeping in touch with everybody. Uh, made a, a number of phone calls this week, that's for sure. Glad to know you're doing okay, you and Sarah there. It's interesting to speculate about the causes for the different approaches. The UK, of course, went down this rabbit warren of herd immunity, which is a really awful thing to do, actually, because what it's essentially saying is, you yeah, are going to let it out there and hope that enough people build up immunity uh, in the community. And of course, that inevitably, inevitably means death. They um, backtracked from that fairly quickly. But of course, every day counts. When you look at the curve of this virus and the way that it spreads exponentially, and, and this is unfortunately the problem that the United States has, uh, it's it's really quick. So, you know, every person who gets it infects on average three other people. So it, the UK is taking what seems to be best practice advice now, but they've taken it late. I think one of the reasons Sarah made this comment the other day, and it made me think, I'm sure that you always listen to what Sarah says, Mike, as you should. She made the comment that she thought New Zealand was quite well predisposed for a complete lockdown in the way that we have with basically nothing open except the supermarkets and the service stations because of the attitude that we take to quarantine when you come into the country. Because we are lacking certain diseases like rabies and various other naughty, creepy crawlies and things that could damage our primary industry here, um, they are quite strict when you come through the border, they make sure you haven't got any kind of food that could be carrying any of that thing. And you haven't been on a farm 
recently and if you have you get disinfected and that kind of thing and so New Zealand I think inherently understands the importance of these sorts of measures and perhaps that is helping I'm not sure but I don't know whether it's all to do with geographical size I think a lot of it is cultural as well because you look at China and the way they stamped it out uh, that's a that's a lot of population and indeed India I mean India has locked down 1.3 billion people. Isn't that astounding? The country's under lockdown, 1.3 billion. So it can be done. It's just quite fascinating to watch the different approaches and, and scary in some cases. Jonathan, Nick Zamorelli here. Good Nick. to talk to you. It is 11.67 degrees Celsius here in Rhode Island, Coventry, Rhode Island to be specific, 53 degrees Fahrenheit. And the rebel in me is causing me to stand outside on the path between my driveway and my breezeway door to do this recording. I haven't checked in with you since this insanity started, so I figured I would do so quickly. First, my best to everyone. I hope everyone is coping, maybe better than, than I am, because I'm not coping too well at this point. Trying, but I don't think succeeding. I have been encountering a great deal of difficulty at work because I'm a school teacher, as many of you know. And, of course, we've just completed our first week of virtual learning, distance learning, and we are on the Google platform here in my school district. And uh, I have to deal with that as best I can. As you've mentioned before, Jonathan, accessibility is okay within Google, but it's not great. I spent a great deal of time nine days ago, trying to get stuff uploaded uh, for the plan far too much time than it should have taken. Did the best I could, and despite all that, yesterday I received a text from my building principal saying that a lot of families are unable to find what I uploaded, which is a little bit of a mystery to me because if I can find it and I can't see, why can't they find it? But I guess that's another topic for another day. I bought some tech that some of you might be interested in. I spent 999 US dollars, exactly that much, for the Blaze ET from Hims, as well as the premium op options pack that comes with it. And I did that because while the school department provides me an assistant, a very good assistant in this case, she is 65 years old. Her husband is older than that. They are obviously in the high-risk category for COVID-19. What if she becomes ill? What do I do then in the meantime? At least I will be able to take this device and with the stand and the OCR capabilities that the Blaze ET has, I might be able to get some work from students read. So it's kind of interesting. I've had it for less than 24 hours, but I can tell you so far I'm very, very impressed by it. I won't take up any more of your time. I hope everyone out there is well. And if you're not, hopefully you'll be well soon. And listen, we're just going to have to keep on keeping on. What choice do we have? Be well, one and all. It's really good to hear from you because I was actually thinking of you and was going to drop you an email to see how you were doing. It's a timely reminder that we should say thank you to everybody who is in those essential services in New Zealand all the schools are now closed, 
but in other parts of the world, schools remain open. And obviously that's a, a difficult situation for anybody. But if you add blindness or vision impairment into the mix, you uh, complicate it even further. So we wish you nothing but the best, Nick, and congratulations on all you're achieving. I wonder whether Ira might be able to help in terms of some of that visual work, possibly. But good for you for seeking to find solutions that work for you. Hello, Jonathan. Hope you're well. Hi, Gary. These extraordinary times. Thought I'd send you a quick update from Washington, D.C., where things are very, very quiet. There are very few cars on the streets, not many people about. The ubiquitous helicopters that we have flying over the city have largely fallen silent as well. Uh, We're continuing to work. I'm still continuing to broadcast from here. In fact, um, BBC, who I work for, has hired an apartment on the seventh floor of the block where I live, and we've set up a sort of live camera there um, to stop too many people going into our bureau. So when I do my live inserts for BBC World and the BBC News Channel... I'm standing on a balcony on my own apartment block building with the cameraman inside the apartment flat shooting through the door onto this tiny external balcony where I do my lives from. So I really am working from home. Um, the shopping situation isn't too bad here. There are still, there's still, there's still food in the shops. Um, and I can report, and you'll remember Trader Joe's from your time living in the United States. Trader Joe's is a grocery store. And I went there the other day as they opened, and there was a little line outside. They were keeping people, too many people from going in the store at one time. But when I went in, there was absolutely no hesitation taking me round at all. I, I did wonder, and like you, I've wondered about, you know, our ability to to maintain the rules over social distancing, but the staff were fantastic. There was absolutely no question that they were going to help, and I guess that's a good thing. I don't know, really, whether I'm asking too much of them, but they were prepared to do it. And the same with the little local grocery store, um, about five minutes from where I live. I go in there, buy some milk and some bread, and they're always very willing to help. It's, um, It's kind of heartwarming, really, isn't it, in a way? Uh, So things continue. Um, Everyone's waiting to see whether or not those poor people in New York are going to go under a full quarantine. That may happen today or tomorrow. Things are really, really bad up there. Um, It's it's absolutely shocking. Um, They're moving this hospital ship up to New York Harbour today from Virginia. Another 1,000 beds just on the water uh, docked in Manhattan extraordinary times really um and i don't think we've seen the worst of it yet to be honest i really don't i think we're a couple of weeks off the worst of it yet from all the predictions anyway we carry on it is nice it's kind that people are doing that you do wonder is this the elbow that they've coughed into that you're grabbing that's the thing that interests me at the moment um and also of course while it is a genuine act of kindness, it's also an act of risk, isn't it? And that's why I think the, the home delivery option is so important for blind people at the moment. But thank you for the work that you're doing. We shouldn't also forget the journalists, broadcasters, people who are deemed essential services telling us what is going on, and they play such an important role. So look after yourself, mate. 
And here's John Wesley Smith, who says, I manage our church website, and I post audio files and YouTube video links to sermons, but we're not actually podcasting. Can you recommend an affordable, accessible podcasting service we could use? It depends on what you consider affordable. I think it's hard to go past Libsyn, which is short for Liberated Syndication. They've been in the podcasting game since 2004. They're the kind of go-to place that a lot of the big guys use. And they are very reliable. They don't generate a lot of revenue from advertising. And that's a fact to consider because we're heading into, at the minimum, a big recession. And so there will be some of these podcast hosts that are cheap that are subsidizing their services with advertising that are not going to survive. I'm pretty confident Libsyn will survive. They, of course, survived the 2008 GFC. So Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com would be the gold standard for me. There are a couple of others that are worth looking at. Podbean is also pretty good. They've been around a while now, and they have a pretty good flat rate plan. Accessibility was fractionally marginal, but definitely doable when I last used them. So that's Podbean. And the other one I would suggest that people look at is Pinecast. Uh, Pinecast is a, a pretty new service, but it looks pretty good. Of course, if you want completely free, there is Anchor which allows you to podcast for free. There are some sort of fish hooks there, but Anchor is also an option. You can record from your phone. They have an app, and that is anchor.fm. Hi, Jonathan. This is Scott Edwards from Phoenix, Arizona in the USA. Hi, Scott. Uh, the, about the uh, talking time talking time clocks and the Sharp EL640s as well, talking clock calculators, they are sold by a company here in the U.S. called Har- the Harbolt Company, H-A-R-B-O-L-T. Brett Harbolt is the um, is um, the head of that company. He um, he conducts some uh, online he conducts some online webinars as well uh, through Zoom. He sells those among with all a lot of other a wide range of other products, uh, everything from accessories, speakers, headsets, every, just different kinds of things. His website is www.harboltcompany.com. www.harbolt, H-A-R-B-O-L-T, company.com. Just wanted to pass that along since there was a mention of it in the latest podcast about who's selling talking time products Mm. he that must be uh he must be the one that's the only one i know of thank you john i'm pretty sure that was the one i saw advertised on rs games as well so thank you and thank you to everybody else who chimed in with that information as well i played john because we get to hear his voice and it Gives you a break from hearing mine, which is always good. Hello, Jonathan, says Melanie Brunson. Oh, my word, what a blast from the past. Thank you for giving us such a great podcast, says Melanie. Yours is one of my favorites. Oh, thank you. I especially enjoy the wide range of topics that you cover. I am writing today because I have a frustrating dilemma, and I'm hoping that as a fellow music lover and someone who wears hearing aids, pardon? Oh, you might have a suggestion or two, to help me resolve it. I recently discovered that I have moderate hearing loss in both ears 
and was given Unitron RIC hearing aids. That's for those who aren't up with the lingo. That's receiver in the canal. They go way deep, man. They require the use of a streamer to listen to my phone or other devices through the hearing aids. I don't mind this for spoken audio, but it's awful for listening to music. Since I can still hear music pretty well, my primary challenge being with words and sound directionality, I'd like to find a Bluetooth headset I can use without having to remove my hearing aids. AirPods don't work because I have to push them too far into my ears to get the sensors to activate. Right now, all I can use is wired earbuds, and I love to get rid of the wires. I've tried Aftershocks, but I don't like their sound for music. My searches of websites have yielded only recommendations for over-the-head headphones, which I've traditionally found to be heavy and uncomfortable. Do you know of any Bluetooth earbuds that might work with my hearing aids in place? Thank you for any suggestions you may have. I don't have any suggestions, Melanie, and thank you for your good wishes, by the way, at the end of that email. All the best to you and yours as well. I don't have any suggestions, but others may, because I have the the behind-the-ear hearing aids with the ear molds that go right in your ear, and there's no room for anything else. Sometimes in the studio when I'm doing serious editing, I do wear headphones. It's, 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 a, it's a sort of a clunky process to wear them with behind-the-ear aids, but I do. But I don't know about a Bluetooth solution, so maybe somebody can help. Just Listening says Audrey. Hello, Audrey. And heard Linda Mamrosh's concern. This is from last week's show about dog treats. It's good to know that Linda's dog now has treats in abundance. But still, this is a good tip for the times. Audrey says baby carrots, a few pieces of kibble or ice cubes may be alternatives. Hey, Jonathan. Thanks for the Quick overview on these three services that you mentioned. Just an update on the Zencaster side of things. I did use that a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, uh, to record a podcast. And I didn't experience, you know, the glitches that you mentioned. What I did experience is that when several people start talking at the same time, which can happen, you know, it's a very ordinary thing to happen, it would kind of cut off uh, bass you know, and, and very low frequencies and, and you would get a very, very weird sound, only like, you know, like like high frequencies. And and at that time, it, it did get very, very glitchy. And, and uh, uh, of course, if you get, you know, the original files, it, it, it's not an easy thing to fix because it's the original files which, which get damaged. So, yeah, in that regard, it would be very good for them to, to fix that. Thank Another you. thing to take oh. into account, and I'm just trying, you know, this this notes voice notes app here, uh, so that it it actually le- lets me resume the. I hear recording. that you caught me. Another off guard. thing to take into account is that they are offering the uh, service free. I think it's through July first or something. I'm not really sure about that, but you've got at least uh, three. Or four months of uh, Zencaster free, uh, you know, due to coronavirus. I'm really glad you sent that in, Daniel. Thank you very much. Because this is the danger when you try a service and you have some glitches with it. And that experience was some time ago. I mean, technology moves on. So I'm glad that you sent in your more recent experience than mine. 
regarding that effect you're getting when everybody's talking at once, it sounds like they have got cross-gate going on where they are trying to stop that bleed-through effect you sometimes hear where people can hear each other echoing back through headphones. And I imagine they're just trying to filter that by way of processing. But I think I would rather have an option where you get the raw files and you take care of that at your side. I think that would be much better. And uh, some people wouldn't like that, but it would be good to have the option, wouldn't it? Hi, Jonathan. It's Carolyn here from her lockdown bubble in Auckland. It's amazing what you can do when you're in lockdown. Give you an example of what I did yesterday. Yesterday morning, I got up and I had breakfast with a friend. Then we went shopping to a shopping mall and I visited the chemist, the supermarket, JB Hi-Fi and the bottle store. After which, we came back and we had lunch. All on Zoom. Yes, an Australian friend of mine took me shopping with her and I had a huge amount of fun chatting to a lot of the staff in the stores. The supermarket people were in particularly interested to find out what it was like in New Zealand in lockdown. So I hope everyone's doing A-OK I just wanted to share that. There you go. You had me wondering for a minute about the punchline because I was wondering whether you were going to say you visited JB Hi-Fi's website and I thought that's curious because to the best of my knowledge, all of those sites are closed. So that, so you, you, you did it through Australia where they're not nearly as locked down as we are. It's really interesting. Online websites are also offline. So you can't even go to a Best Buy equivalent or any of those retailers and order. And the reason for that is that they just want to keep contact to the bare minimum. And if you order online, somebody's still got a packet, get it to a courier. A courier's got to deliver it to you. So all non-essential websites for online delivery are forcibly closed and hopefully we will bear the benefits of this in a couple of weeks time when we start seeing those COVID-19 figures going down. Now it's time for the incredible Bonnie Bulletin. Hello. This is a very nice fragrance you have. It's called Knowing by Estee Lauder. Knowing by Estee Lauder. It's very nice. Thank I'm you. Very, I'm very glad to be self-isolating with you. Yeah, I'm glad to be self-isolating with you as well. Yeah, and Eclipse. Well, I might be handy when a tech problem comes yeah. along. And now, if, if something goes wrong with the plumbing... Don't. No, no. Let's not talk about anything that could Ooh, go wrong. We had a bit of a scare last night. We thought you had a dodgy power button on your yeah, earphone. Yeah, it was just sticky, though. Yeah. 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 Uh, so what's up with you in this incredible lockdown world of New Zealand? Ah, uh, nothing much. At least it's horrible outside. That sort of helps you want to stay indoors. Um, yeah, Jacinda's had a little chat to Mother Nature. Yeah. yeah so. Organize oh, some really bad weather. So, I mean, Wellington hasn't really changed because this is pretty much normal for Wellington, <laughs> at least in winter. Um, I did see where we had an earthquake class this morning. Did we? About a 4.0 something. I didn't feel anything. I didn't either. But if Where was it? In Wellington oh, or around word. the area somewhere. I mean, that would just be absolutely terrible. If we had some sort of major quake oh, when God. we were all locked down, that would break it. Volcano. I mean, that would break the whole purpose of the lockdown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Mm, and then we'd all be it's it's kind of like Jacinda's like a like a, a school teacher, isn't she? 
She's like a, a strict. I mean, she's been very compassionate and very communicative. But it's like when when you're in a classroom. This is what it was like when I was a kid. I hope that you weren't in such a draconian environment mm-hmm. as I was. Draconian. But when I was a kid, you'd get the situation where they would say, if you act up and, you know, we have the I'll, I'll put the whole class on detention and you mm-hmm. may be perfectly well behaved. Not that yeah. I ever was, of course, but I mean, just theoretically speaking. And then they put the whole class on detention. It's this whole collective responsibility thing. And what Jacinda's essentially saying is if there are nits, nits who go out there and um, seek to flout the lockdown thing. First of all, the commissioner of police said, well, you might be spending a bit of time at our place. Which yeah, I thought was... he's been really tough about it, which is good. Yeah, it is good. He's um, not been nice about it, which but, but, I think but, you have to be unnice. What, what, he's, what, what she's saying essentially is, you know, people who um, who do this are just going to drag it out longer. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, if, if, you, if you misbehave, we'll just extend the detention. <laughs> yeah, just put them in quarantine. You know, let everybody else out. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, yeah. we've all got to do it to break the chain. But I mean, it, it's nice to have that sense of purpose because all we have to do is stay home and we're saving lives. Not hard, really, yeah. is it? It's hard not getting out with the dog. Yeah, That's I understand the that. Part. I was just talking to a friend of mine in New Jersey, and mm. uh, they have moved. They're in the process of moving all the dogs from the Seeing Eye to the puppy raiser homes until this is over. So they're going back to where they once belonged. Get yeah. Back to my- Gosh, that must be quite a major undertaking. How are people feeling now that the possibility of a quarantine in that area is imminent? It's really interesting because most of my friends are doing really – well, actually, all of them are doing really well, um, even the ones in the, the the eye of the storm, so to speak, are very zen about it. They're really helping each other out. The community, you know, people are really very proud of the way my, my adopted hometown, Morristown, is handling Everything, a lot of on the ground support. Uh, people are just, you know, when they go out, because they can still go out. And if you're blind, you're not going to the supermarket. They're like, Do you need anything? You know, I'll get you some milk. Um, one of the trainers was delivering the, some puppies the other day and, and called Marilyn, my friend, and said, Do you need me to pick up anything? Yeah. So, you know, it, it's really good to, to see that. And People they, are kind. I mean, I've had a couple of staff yeah. members here mm-hmm. who've offered to bring groceries if we really can't get online delivery to go in and just dump them on the front door. You know, we can't meet them. No. Um, but, but I mean, people are kind, aren't they? Yeah. So yeah. it's it's good to, to see that because sometimes there are things you just need, you yeah, know. Yeah, I know. And especially when you're having to wait a week or two to get a grocery delivery, you know, it's, it's But really... still, there's no way that I would want either of us to go to the supermarket right now. You and that, really they may be willing to it. help, but honestly, no. You couldn't do it. I mean, it would just be – it's hard enough without – COVID-19 getting help in the supermarket. So, you know, the only thing I would conceivably do is take a list with me and say, here, you know, I'll just wait. But, but even then you're supposed to pack your own you're groceries supposed to pack now. Your own groceries, so I'm not sure how yeah. that will work. Yeah. Um, so I am considering getting this eat my lunch thing. Because eat my lunch. They do have vegetable, fresh fruits and vegetables, hmm. which I think is good for this time. Yep. No yeah. fruit for me, hmm. but veggies will be fine. Yeah, don't so. eat fruit because it's too full of carbs. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it's. I suppose to some degree, it's that spirit that we saw in nine eleven coming through um, in New York, isn't it? That, that kind lasted of... about a week, so I'm not sure how long this will last. Oh, so. and you can understand why they must be deeply, deeply uh, troubled. Um, the governor, he's been incredible. He's you know. quite. He. Um, 
I don't know that this is really common knowledge, but he just had recent surgery for a malignancy on his liver. Really? Yeah. Hmm. You sure that's not a Snopes thing? No, it is uh, true. Uh, no, it is. Yeah. It's now, Julia Shreeld is in touch. Mm-hmm. And she says, hi, Jonathan, casting around for indoor entertainment. I wondered if you had tried BritBox and how accessible it is with voiceover. No Apple TV as yet here, so an iPad mini last year's updated. Oh, you've got the modern gizmo uh, is my target. My husband can watch it, I think, on his very non-standard laptop configured for his software engineering, a non-Microsoft household. Look at you go. I haven't tried BritBox, Julia, because it's not officially available here. And since it's not officially available here. If, what is if, it? If you want to get that content, you might as well go to the BBC if you're going to do um, BritBox, it's available in the US, I think, as well as the UK now. And it's a website and app that amalgamates the different UK TV providers like the BBC and ITV in the main mm-hmm. and puts lots of boxed sets basically in one place for you to watch. I mean, all that British content would be great to binge watch mm-hmm. if you have the time. How much safer paying with the watch is, so avoiding keypads. Yes, I love it. Every time I pay with Apple Pay on my watch or my phone and it does a ka-ching and I go, yes, I still haven't got over the novelty. Both of my dogs, says Julia, two and seven, perk up when Bonnie and Squeaky Toy appear. Mm-hmm. Seven-year-old Daisy, now ex-guide dog, has star guards. I didn't oh, know dogs could I get that. I didn't know either they could get that. Interesting. Me suggesting to GDBA, London, a team that I needed a guide dog for my um, guide dog because this is a serious retina problem and she can't see curbs, only got long faces, not smiley ones. Oh, dear. Oh dear. Humphrey, that's a Humphrey. good name <laughs> Humphrey, a bit like working a small Shetland pony, has just landed on my feet, perking his very retriever ears up to listen to your show. <laughs> Hi, Humphrey. <laughs> Hi, boy. Humphrey. 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 <laughs> he, he is just under 33 kilograms well, and I weigh like 50. A, Goodness me, you're sound, light, Julia. So perhaps, like you, a big boy. perhaps you get the uh, amusing scene. Good on you, Julia. And um, I negotiated with Bonnie for the many video conferencing that I'm doing for work because work here is still fully operational, just we're all working from home. And they're all into animal pictures. So I said, can I bring Eclipse, the dog to Eclipse All Dogs, down here to put in my video conferences sometimes? So we have our COVID-19 committee, and I took Eclipse down and they couldn't see her. The way the video camera set up, it gets me very well when I uh, sit in the seat, but it doesn't get eclipsed. And they said, we can just see her her ears, you know, the top of her head when she's standing up. And then somebody said, put her in your lap. I said, I'm not going to put a bleeding great golden retriever in my lap. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And also, I had a, well, it was a pretty, it was a pretty mortifying moment anyway but it was a kind of a near miss i suppose in retrospect because i had a board meeting later that afternoon and i was on my covid19 <laughs> committee meeting and we were having a wee chat before it got started and somebody said oh you've got a bottle of wine in your office jonathan and i said i have not i don't even drink and uh, they said no it looks like a bottle of wine in your office and they described the other desk 
where it was. And so I thought, okay, as soon as this meeting's over, I'm going to go and look at what they're talking about. And sure enough, it was a bottle of non-alcoholic, an empty bottle, I hasten to add, a completely empty bottle of non-alcoholic sparkling wine from New Year. And I said to the banana, who we actually pay, we actually pay for cleaning services. What is this bottle of wine doing after all this time there? And the banana in question said, you pay me to clean, not to tidy. There's That is still cleaning. I'm sorry, mm. that's not tidying. Mm. Tidying would be rearranging a closet, but picking up rubbish is cleaning. Mm. So banana in question will be getting new job instructions. Here's an interesting one you might like to chime in on. This is from Daniel Jacob. Mm-hmm. He says, hey, Jonathan, I was curious about how easy it is for someone with a disability to get a job. My dad, who's German, keeps telling me and anybody who listen that in much of Europe, governments force companies to hire people with disabilities. Is it true that companies could be fined millions of dollars for not hiring the disability community here in North America? There is virtually no incentive for companies to hire, especially blind people. The only thing companies are told is that governments offer an adaptive technology and or training for free. When I lived in the U.S. for a time, I remember the American government even providing some funding to open your own business. And there were associations that would even come in and label products you'd have for sale in convenience stores, for example. Had I known it was so bad in Quebec, Canada, I would have stayed in the States. Just as a small anecdote, I was so happy that my brother was going to pull some strings to have me work at a cable company called Videotron. That's a good, that sounds like a <laughs> robot thing. The good news didn't last long, however. The recruiter did call me and we did go through the interview process, well, part of it anyway, until the extent of my disability came up. The recruiter told me straight to my face that Videotron would be willing to make modifications for anybody with some vision, but they would be unwilling to make any modifications for anybody with no sight at all, despite their being told those modifications would be free. So I can see that uh, you have enough money to run a radio station, which means you got a job or jobs somewhere along the way. I was wondering if you could tell me how you got your jobs and if you had any agencies helping you along the way. Well, uh, Daniel, thanks for your email, and I, I understand the frustration. I am actually these days the chief executive of an agency in New Zealand whose job it is to assist disabled people to find work. And we partner with employers. So one of the big issues is confidence, changing those attitudinal barriers. And so we work a lot on disability confidence issues with employers. And we also work on things from the job seeker side, like CVs, job preparedness, that sort of thing. We also administer a contract on behalf of the New Zealand government's Ministry of Social Development called Support Funds. And that means that it's possible to get funding for the job seeker when they get a job for technologies like JAWS or a Braille display or anything like that, that the employer would not normally be expected to provide subsidies. And we do have a a scheme 
to some limited degree that will provide some subsidies, but we don't do a lot of that here. Europe, I'm not so familiar with, except no. that I had an amazing experience when I launched the German Braille Notes in 2003, and I was in Berlin, and I was talking to a guy who used to work in the old East Berlin uh, in the, the Soviet Union, and he said that uh, the the state broadcaster there was amazing, and he was an engineer. He He recorded all sorts of concerts, bands, you know, he was a really good engineer and they had actually made a whole lot of equipment, accessible level meters, all sorts of stuff to accommodate him. And he was saying that since uh, Germany was unified, he was really struggling to find the work. So I was quite interested in that perspective. The Soviet Union had no unemployment, even for disabled people, (laughs) which is kind of interesting. Perhaps others who are in Europe can comment on that. And it it is a frustrating thing when you know that you're limited by other people's perceptions and not by your disability itself. Each country, I think, is different. The U.S., there are incentives to hire disabled. Most will get jobs with the government sector. There used to be, I can't remember what it's called. It still exists where they a, a company did get sort of a tax break if they hired a disabled person. Of course, the trick of that, sometimes they'd keep them till they got the tax break, then they'd get rid of them. And every state's different. Every state agency is very different. Some of them are a little they, – they all get the same funding streams, but some of them are a little better than others. I've been very fortunate with my jobs. I've not had a lot of trouble finding a job until I moved to New Zealand. Most of my jobs have just – I happen to be in the right spot at the right time. And um, just that's, that's how I've gotten – pretty much all of my jobs until, you know, I moved to New Zealand. And then it was more of a bit of a struggle. Michael Fair, regarding Melody Brunson's question about wireless ear-type devices that can coexist with RIC hearing aids, he says, my ears are the right size for me to be able to use AirPods and have them work. There are the new Powerbeats 4, just released by Apple, they have differently sized tips, might be worth a shot. And that also is echoed by Brian Borowski. Thank you, Brian. And he's recommending that as well. And he also suggests that Bose frames might be something to look at as well. at Large Podcast. Tim says, hi, Jonathan. I recall that you said you were using the Allen & Heath Z22FX I noticed for a little less the Allen & Heath Z12FX. The 12-channel unit has all the same attributes except the number of channels. Has experience shown that you need those extra 10 channels? In my case, yeah. See, I have quite a few things plugged into the mixer. And remember that with the exception of a couple of those channels, they're mono channels. And so for every stereo device that you connect, you are taking up two channels. And so I have uh, found that is really handy. So definitely the 12 would be just fine if that meets your needs. For example, I should mention, I've been meaning to mention this throughout the uh, podcast, I've got a new microphone. And I did this because with all the video conferencing and things that I'm doing at the moment, I do not like, Sam, I am, I do not like the quality of those webcam microphones. You wouldn't know from the microphone that I normally use, but we do actually have quite a bit of acoustical bounce in this room now with some changes in furniture. 
and I'm using the Heil PR40 for my broadcast work, and it's on a boom arm. But when I put that mic in front of my face and people say, oh, you've got lovely audio, the only trouble is the microphone obscures the view of me. And when we're doing so much video conferencing, that's, uh, that's a bit of an issue. And I suddenly had this brainwave. I know what I'll do. Why don't I get a lavalier microphone that plugs into my mixer, a really good quality one? And so I searched and searched, and I found this thing called the Sony MB77. And I'm assured that it is the kind of mic that they use on news outlets. Probably Gary O'Donoghue has a Sony MB77 clipped to him, for all I know when he's on the BBC. But apparently it is a very reputable microphone. And it's quite nice. It's a condenser. It's omnidirectional. But it's acceptable. So I have that plugged into my mixer now, and I can supply phantom power to it with this mixer. Shall I just switch to it? I'll switch to it. So now I've just got this clipped to me. And you've got to be careful to avoid the rustle. Rustle, rustle, rustle. But it's it's an okay microphone. You, know, you can definitely hear. It's not... Is good, but it's it, it has got that TV sound about it, hasn't it? When you listen to TV shows, certain networks do have this kind of sound, and you know it's because of this sort of mic that they're using. Our major public broadcaster had this um, show where they added video online, so they're a radio network, but they added video, and as soon as they started it, I said, "You've switched to lavalier microphones, haven't you? I can hear it." So certainly for audio work, I would still use my Heil PR40s in the studio. But um, this is certainly better than the audio you get from a webcam. So I'm going to switch back now. And you can definitely hear a lot more kind of room bounce and stuff like that from it. But I do use quite a lot of the channels. And then sometimes if I have guests here recording, uh, we might plug in a musical instrument or something like that. So yeah, I like having all the channels. Brian Browski says, did you know that in the latest iOS, there is now a set of features that gives blind users some interesting graphing output? If you are in battery usage or in health, and there's a list of, let's say, X, Y data, like usage per hour or heart rate per hour or days, etc., you can flick up and get descriptions and audio graph in which the phone plays an audio tone as it moves through this data. I read the books from Apple and peruse the various chats on sites and also Apple's sparse release notes on this stuff and never saw anything about this stuff. I discovered it by accident last night when going through health data for the day and then battery usage as well. It is an interesting feature and has really interesting implications for people learning math. And for example, when looking at perhaps oscilloscope information or the wave data that sighted people get to see when editing audio files in so many programs. Yes, I know. I would have written up this big time in iOS 13 without the I, but it was never written. It was never written. I, I discovered that during the beta cycle, and I thought, that's pretty impressive, actually. And speaking of health data, I'm very pleased to say that as of the latest watchOS release, New Zealand now has access to the ECG data and uh, the, the, the irregular heart rhythm thing. I did my first ECG on the watch the other day. It makes a cool sound when you put your finger on the digital crown and do it. 
Hello, Jonathan. It is Thomas Solich in Ohio. Hello, Thomas. Wanted to thank you for uh, your continued coverage through this new normal, so to speak, and um, especially appreciated the bonus episode last night, American Eastern Standard Time. I'm calling because although you may have covered this way long ago um, on the blind side, and I vaguely remember, I am asking for a brush-up on what you recommend and maybe what you have set up in your studio as the very best uh, solution for having a, a maybe a web camera or something similar auto-mounted. I find that uh, as we're doing a lot more remote meetings, Zoom meetings, if you will, that it would be helpful for those who can see me uh, to have a visual depiction. And I'll be speaking to a lot of media soon um, on the subject of being able to um, survive this um, world crisis and the effects of of our business on it, things like that. And I'd like to be able to be seen and know that the focus is correct and I won't always have sighted assistance because, of course, uh, we're isolating. So if you have any recommendations on a good setup that will ensure that if it's mounted correctly and I have it tested, that I can pretty much be confident that when I'm sitting down in front of a desk that I can be seen by the sighted on these meetings. That would be much appreciated. Very, very best to you and Bonnie, and we appreciate so much your great encouragement, as it is an encouragement to many uh, during this crazy time. And there is light at the end of the tunnel, everyone. So uh, stay safe and stay healthy. And thanks, Jonathan, for your work. Thank you, Thomas. Yes, we will get through this. We'll get through it together. And thank you for your email My answer is that if you can manage it, use the iPhone. The reason I say this is that you have so much more assuredness about what you're doing with the iPhone. And if you can get hold of one, get the little dock that the iPhone sits in. And when it's mounted vertically like that, or, you know, just just mounted in some way so that it's it's upright. And for a video conferencing, it's okay to be in portrait mode and use the front-facing camera because what you can then do is go into the camera app and switch to the front-facing camera, and VoiceOver will tell you whether your face is centered or not. And I find that incredibly reassuring because I don't like producing content that I can't verify the quality of. And this is where Windows is really falling short. If that's not possible... I engaged Heidi and Henry, the Wonder Son-in-Law, on this particular question when we were building the new Wonder PC that um, Henry and I specced together in a very sort of geeky way. He said, what would your ideal PC look like, Dad? And I said, well, Henry, it would look like this. And we got a thing with like a two terabyte solid state and goes like a rocket and all that kind of stuff. Marvelous, marvelous. And um, so I said, well, while we're doing this, and it was actually when I started to work for Ira, and I knew that I would be doing a lot more um, of this stuff. And so he has chosen a Logitech webcam. There are so many, and I forget the model number of the one that I have now, but I believe it has an autofocus thing. And I do really like it. Now that I've got the audio sorted and I have that little lapel mic that gives me at least you know, respectable audio, I really do like it because it always seems to focus You have to be aware, or at least I have to be aware, as a blind guy who is still getting used to cameras being usable and accessible, of lighting. So every so often I'll record just a video message for my staff, 
especially at a time like this. And they tell me that what you need to do is make sure that your curtains are closed because otherwise you could get uneven lighting. So I, I sit by the window and I watch the cars go by. <laughs> There's no cars to go by. It's, it's, um, and and so sometimes one side of my face, the, the face that's closer to the window, is littered up by the sunlight and the other side is not. So you need to be aware of closing the windows and that sort of thing. If you can get on Zoom with somebody sighted and just verify the output, that's always good. But this camera, this Logitech thing, we got it mounted to the wall exactly where I need to be when I'm sitting down here in the studio. And it seems to work really well. And Moez Kasim is listening to the podcast from Tanzania. And he says that he's enjoying the show and he would like to know about blindness organizations in New Zealand that provide Braille and talking books and other services. The major provider in New Zealand is called Blind and Low Vision NZ, and you can find it at blindlowvision.org.nz. That's blindlowvision.org.nz. And hope everything's going okay for you in Tanzania. Thank you so much for getting in touch. And here's Adisha. Welcome to you. Thank you for getting in touch on the email. The email says, thanks for dishing out another lively and informative podcast on March 22nd, 2020. It feels nice to listen to your voice and thoughts, especially during these troubled times. I compliment you on making the Zoom audio tutorial free. Your gesture of even refunding your customers is worth applauding. Guess what? I downloaded this book and in the next two hours, I received a Zoom meeting invitation scheduled in the next eight hours. Oh my, what a coincidence! I read half of your audio tutorial and then attended the meeting as if I was a pro. Well, it sounds like you are if you attended it. Very good job with the book. In your recent podcast, you mentioned about maintaining a daily gratitude journal. It's so important at the moment, I think. I have recently started journaling in my native notes app on my iDevice. I would like your recommendations on any accessible journaling app for the iPhone. I just need to jot down random thoughts, but will appreciate uh, anything that uh, will let you create and manage folders and have dates, etc. I don't actually use any kind of gratitude journal software right now. I just have a document that I write it in. It's pretty bare bones, but perhaps somebody who also keeps a gratitude journal or some sort of other journal may like to chime in on journaling software that they like and what they perceive the advantages to be over just writing things down. My third point is about Sonos. Recently, I got myself a Sonos One Gen 2, the soup drinker and Google voice-enabled smart speaker. Though I have managed to set it up and am enjoying Apple Music on my Sonos, I would like to get better music on my Sonos. I am aware that you do have a book on Sonos on your website. Does your book cover this particular product. Your research is very thorough and I will definitely gain by purchasing your book on Sonos. Just not sure when it was last updated and whether it covers my particular Sonos product. No, it doesn't cover the Sonos one. And in fact, it's marginal. There are still some benefits to having the book there, but it's almost at the point where I'm going to have to pull the book. I was going to be working on a second version of Sonosthesia, which accommodated the new app and new 
devices and things and just didn't get around to it before I became a chief executive. And now, of course, what's happening is that Sonos is coming out with a new thing called S2. This is a new operating system for Sonos. And when it comes out later this year, you will have to download a brand new Sonos app to take advantage of S2. If you have a Sonos device that is not supported in S2, you can continue to use the Sonos app that you have now. Otherwise, you will download the new app. It's got all sorts of new features, including some that I'm really looking forward to, like higher resolution audio. I really hope that they take care of the pretty bare bones alarm system that they have in Sonos, where you can't specify the the rooms, plural, that you want it to play in. Uh, so there are a number of things I'm looking forward to that I hope they address in S2. But where I'm getting to with this is that it will mean that the book is even more obsolete. So I will probably, unfortunately, have to pull the Sonosthesia book quite soon because I don't want to sell something that's so hopelessly obsolete that it's not helping. And we're getting very close to that. Speaking of audio and podcasts and things, over the week, Google has released Google Podcasts for iOS. It's an excellent app. Nothing in my mind will beat Castro, but it is a really good app. Lots of things on the Actions Rotor for you to play with. If you were comparing Google Podcasts with Apple Podcasts, I think Google Podcasts wins hands down. It's a really nice user interface. The big downside for me, other than the fact that I just really do like the interface of Castro and the approach of triaging your email, the downside of Google Podcasts is it does not support podcast chapters. Michael Fair has already come back with a recommendation for Aditya on the journaling app, and he says the day one journal app would certainly do that trick. It's also free personal diary app accessible to voiceover. So a free personal diary app that's accessible to voiceover. The name of that again is day one journal. Thank you. And we an intelligent lot. Mosin at Large Podcast. Brian Borowski has been back in touch with some more info provided by Appul Accessibility. And they say with headphones connected, VoiceOver does support moving the sound source from left to right when reading graphs. You can also use a pass-through gesture, double tap and hold, then drag while the focus is on any element in the chart. Then drag their finger left slash right to move through the data in an interactive way. While dragging, if you pause for a moment, VoiceOver will read the value at the current playhead position. So that gives you something cool to play with, doesn't it? And that's where we wrap up almost to the Mosin at Large podcast. I just want to thank you so much for listening today. I know these are difficult times for many. It's nice to feel that we can all connect this way and keep each other company. I wish you lots of safety and good health. Keep those hands clean. Well, actually, I won't say too much about that because I'm going to leave the last word to the drinker on that subject. But uh, stay indoors. Do your best to keep that physical distancing and we will get through it. And if you do want to join me across the week on Mushroom FM, and there are other great shows there too, then I look forward to that. But we have gone through a whole show without hearing from the soup drinker, which is a terrible thing. So I think I'll leave the last word to the drinker. And she has some very good advice. Soup drinker. 
Sing a song for 20 seconds. Okay, here we go. Wash your hands, everybody. Everybody, wash your hands. So here's a song, sing along. Tell germs nope, grab the soap. Make soap bubbles on the double. Halfway there, give a mean stare to all the germs. Make them squirm, say goodbye, don't be shy. Rub a dub, give a good scrub, suds a plenty. Now you're at 20. Good on you, drinker. To contribute to Mosin at Large, you can email Jonathan, that's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, at mushroomfm.com by writing something down or attaching an audio file. Or you can call our listener line, it's a US number, 864-60-MOSIN. That's 864-606-6736. Mosin FM.